بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار In the previous lesson we completed our discussion of all of the proofs the various proofs in the Quran for the belief in the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belief in the believers seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter and we discussed seven six or seven different uh, types of verses in the Quran which indicate this belief and we said that this belief is that which distinguishes ahlus sunnah wal jamaah from the jahmiyyah and the mu'tazila who deny Allah will be seen who deny, who deny Allah can be seen we also established that seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest and ultimate pleasure and this is indicated in the various ahadith that we mentioned that after the believers have entered into paradise and then a caller it will be announced and said has not Allah fulfilled his promise to you and they will respond and they will say that you know we we have been entered into paradise and our sins have been forgiven and so on and so forth and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal himself and they will see his face and this will be the the greatest pleasure that they that they that they, that they will have so today what we're going to do inshallah is to uh, finish off our discussion of the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try to move on to the next issue which is the issue of the nuzul the issue of Allah descending to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night as is indicated in many many ahadith so we have two issues in front of us relating to the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and these two issues if you remember in the first lesson that we started on this topic we spoke about the verse regarding Musa alayhi salam in which he asked Allah if he could see Allah and that raised the issue of the possibility of Allah being seen that was one of the proofs that was one of the evidences to show that it is possible for Allah to be seen and something connected to that we established in in that lesson that Allah cannot be seen in the life of this world as that is impossible because man does not have the faculties and the powers and the abilities given to him that will allow him to withstand seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in the hereafter it will be different so although it is mumkin it is possible man cannot you know uh, handle that that vision and so that was the general idea that we took from the general understanding we took from uh, that discussion but there's something connected to that which is two issues in fact one is seeing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the dream in the dream that's the first issue and the second issue 
is did the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so these two issues are still related to the life of this world so as regards to the first issue then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah he discusses in one of his books the book called Bayan Talbis al-Jahmiyyah this is a book that he wrote a lengthy voluminous book that he wrote in refutation of an Ash'ari scholar called Fakhruddin al-Razi. And so in this uh, work, when dealing with this topic of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has a section in which he deals with this specific issue of seeing Allah in a dream. So I'll read his speech. So he says that a person, insan qad yara rabbahu fil manam, that a person may sometimes see his Lord in the dream and may address him or speak to him. He says, He says, this is something that's true and it happens in the, in the dreams that people have. But he says, It is not permissible for him to believe that Allah, that Allah himself that Allah Himself is like what He saw in His dream. Right, so this is something we have to be very careful, we have to understand what Shaykh Rustam is explaining here. He says that alongside this, a person is not permissible for a person to believe that Allah in Himself is the like of what He saw in the dream. Because He says, For indeed, all of what is seen in a dream, it's not obligatory that it be in, in accordance, like for like, with what is actually being seen. Meaning, meaning that you might see something in a dream that obviously you know that exists externally, but the way that you saw that thing in the dream, it's not always the case or necessary obligatory that it's going to be exactly an exact likeness of what it is you are dreaming about which is in, in the real world, right? And that's something that everybody knows as well. Like sometimes you have a, have a dream, and although you didn't see specifically the like-for-like -like representation of what it is you're dreaming about from those things which are in the life of this world, but in your dream, you identify as being, for example, a certain person or a certain thing. That's something that everybody experiences. So the point here Ibn Taymiyyah is saying that a person, in his dream, he sees that which he considers to be his Lord, right? But it's not, it's not permissible for him to believe that what he saw is a likeness of his Lord. Right? But that's not, because that, that, that is not possible. However, he says, he continues, he continues and he says, وَلَكِنْ لَا بُدَّ أَن تَكُونَ الصُّورَةِ أَلَّتِي رَآهُ فِيهَا uh, so he says that however whatever it is that he sees whatever it is that he sees then it will be in accordance with or appropriate to whatever belief he has with respect to his Lord. Alright? So in other words, 
whatever it is that you're going to see, it will be in accordance with whatever belief you, you have with respect to your Lord. Now, to illustrate the, 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 the point that's being made, let's say you have a Christian. What does a Christian believe about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He believes Allah has a son. And he believes that Allah came in the form of a man. So when a, when a Christian, he has a dream and he sees his Lord, what he sees as his Lord will be in accordance with what his belief is with respect to his Lord. And that belief is batil. However, what he considers, what he thinks or what he believes, right, is going to be in accordance with, with, with his belief. So what we understand from this, if we take someone who is a person of the sunnah, person of the sunnah, a Muslim who is a person of the sunnah, he's upon the belief of the salaf, and he knows his Lord, that there is no likeness and resemblance to his Lord, but he knows his Lord has names and attributes and actions, then that which he sees in his dream will be in accordance with his, with his belief. And it will, be, it will be something that he sees that obviously he knows there can be no likeness. Meaning, meaning that whatever it is that he, that he is seeing or perceiving in his dream, it will be in accordance with his belief. Right? And he knows that... In other words, if you understand the point that I'm making, that if you contrast between what a Christian is going to see, right, or a, or a Rafidi Shi'i, what he's going to see, what he believes... And between a person who is a Sunni, Salafi, Athari, all of them are going to see something, something different, right? But Ibn Taymiyyah says that he says, uh, uh, he says, he, so he continues and he says that whatever he will see will be uh, like or appropriate to what his belief is with respect to his Lord. So then he continues and he says a bit later that the righteous people have never ceased وَمَا زَالَ الصَّالِحُونَ وَمَا زَالَ الصَّالِحُونَ The righteous people have never ceased and other than them يَرَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ فِي الْمَنَامِ Seeing their Lord in their dream and he speaks to them or he addresses them, he speaks to them and he says, I don't believe that any intelligent person will, will deny that so the point being that when we look at all of the Testimonies and witnesses of the righteous people, people who are known to be righteous people of the Sunnah, they they say that you know they, they had a dream in which Allah said such and such to them, right? And so he says this is something that an intelligent person cannot deny because this is he says فَإِنَّ وُجُودَ هَذَا مِمَّا لَا يُمْكِنُ This is something that cannot be denied or rejected. He says because having a dream or a vision is something that a person has even without his choice. Okay, a person can't choose to have a, have a dream. Dreams come to him without, without his choice. And then he says, this issue is well known, and the scholars have mentioned it from our associates and other than them. They speak of it in relation to the foundations of the religion. And then he speaks about a group of the Mu'tazila who deny Allah being seen in the hereafter. They deny that. And in light of that, they also deny that Allah will be seen, that Allah can be seen in the vision, in the dream. And they say that, you know, what people claim, they say this is just, you know, confused dreams and so on and so forth. And 
uh, the shaykh then finishes by saying that their negation and denial that Allah can be seen in the dream, this is a type of, this is something that the Jahmiyyah say. فَهَذَا مِمَّا يَقُولُهُ الْمُتَجَحِّمَةِ Those people who take the way of the Jahmiyyah, this is what they say. وَهُوَ بَاطِلٌ مُخَالِفٌ لِمَا اتَّفَقَ عَلَيْهِ سَلَفُ الْأُمَّةِ وَأَئِمَّتُهَا He says rather this is false and futile and opposes what that which the Salaf of the Ummah and the leading Imams have agreed upon. Now, to help us understand further, there's a statement from Imam Al-Baghawi, Rahimahullah, in his book, Sharh sunnah He says, Ru'yatullahi fil-manami ja'izatun. Ru'yatullahi fil-manami ja'izatun. To see Allah in the dream is something that is permissible. Then he says, Qala Mu'adh, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم معاذ رضي الله عنه he said about the Prophet إني نعست فرأيت ربي this is narrated from the Messenger of Allah indeed I slept and I saw my Lord meaning in the in the dream and there are a number of hadith which are which which mention this so then he continues to the to the end. Uh, but the point being here is that this is something that we believe is permissible for a person to see his Lord and we are clear, we have to be very clear that what we are saying here, we're not saying because it's impossible for a person to see his Lord as his Lord is in the dream, that, that we know is impossible. But a person, he in his dream, as, as, as I mentioned before, sometimes you see something in your dream without it resembling the reality of the thing that, 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 you, that you later treat it to be. Like you might see a being in your dream, which later you know from all the circumstances it might have been your brother, or your father, or your mother. But you didn't see specifically the likeness of your father or your mother. But in the circumstances of the dream, you knew it to be your father or your mother. Okay, so this is the same thing that, that's being indicated here, right? That in a, a person, it's possible for him to be addressed by his Lord. That he says, my Lord said to me such and such. And I saw my Lord in my dream without him actually seeing his Lord. If you know what I mean. So it's very, we have to be very careful here in this topic. We are affirming this because this is something that is affirmed by the people of knowledge. And it's something that's narrated by the righteous people, the scholars of, of, of Islam and the Sunnah. And when we speak of this topic, we are speaking here upon our understanding, <laughs> upon, a, upon a specific specific understanding that is different to the people of falsehood. Right? Like for example, the extreme Sufis and other than them who believe that they can that they can receive revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of a dream. Right? So we know that all of this is batil and false. A person says, I saw in my dream that I no longer have to pray the five prayers anymore. Right? That Allah addressed me and said to me, I no longer have to pray five prayers anymore. This is batil, this is false. So anyone who comes and he claims, and, and he says, Allah told him such and such, and it clashes with the sharia, we know this is batil, this is from shaitan. This is the devil speaking to you, who came to you in, in your dream. So the point being that while we acknowledge that this is something that is permissible, as Ibn Taymiyyah clearly says, and Al-Baghawi clearly says, as the scholars of Islam clearly say, and we've clearly defined it, in the, we've clearly explained this in the right way, that what a person sees will always be in accordance with what his belief is regarding his Lord, 
and that a person who is a Sunni Salafi Athari, that that which he will see, it will be in accordance with his correct sound sound belief in his Lord, and it will not involve any 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 falsehood, and it will not involve any futile false claims of claiming revelation and whatever else or you know injunctions or new rulings whatever it will be free and absent of all of that so this is an issue that's raised uh, that we should mention here and the second issue is the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam seeing his lord and so this issue uh, ibn al-qayyim rahimullah he said uh, in his book Zad al-Ma'ad, he says, وَقَدْ حَقَى أُثْمَانُ بْنُ سَعِيدٍ الدَّارِمِي إِتِّفَاقَ السَّحَابَةِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَمْ يَرَحْ أي عِيَانًا Ibn al-Qaim says that indeed, Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darimi Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darimi Who is al-Darimi? Sometimes it's important that we understand who are these uh, uh, scholars because some of these scholars are in fact um, crucial Scholars, they are, they are crucial individuals in the history of the belief of Ahlul Sunnah. Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darimi is a scholar of the 3rd century. He died in the year 280 Hijra. 280 Hijra. He is well known and famous because he wrote a book. A book in which he refuted a person from the previous century, a person by the name of Bishr al-Marisi. Bishr al-Marisi was one of the heads of misguidance. He was a Jahmi, Mu'tazili. And he was from those people who inherited those doctrines that were based upon Greek philosophy of, of denying Allah's names, denying Allah's attributes, denying Allah's actions. And this man, he invented many of those ta'wils, you know all these ta'wils that we hear of Allah's face means something else and Allah's hand means this and Allah's istiwa means this and all of these ta'wils were actually uh, systematically innovated by this man Bishr al-Marisi and they were spread in the ummah by way of this, of this man then there came people in the next century, in the century, the third century in which Ad-Darimi uh, was present and they began to spread these ta'wils. So, Imam al-Darimi, he wrote a book. A, a book. The book has a number of different titles. Uh, but one of the titles is Naqd Uthman bin Sa'id ala Bishr al-Marisi al-Jahmi al-Anid. It's a great title. Which, which reads something like the refutation or the invalidation of Uthman bin Sa'id against Bishr al-Marisi the stubborn, uh, the, the, you know, the stubborn Jahmi, the, 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 the stubborn opposing Jahmi. And this is a, 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 a great book. It's so great that Ibn Taymiyyah said that this book has to be read by everybody. Everybody has to read this book and they will truly understand and fathom the belief and the creed of the, of the Salaf and how it contrasts with the belief of the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila and other than them. So this is Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darimi. He is narrating the consensus of the Sahaba that the Messenger of Allah did not see his Lord with the vision of the eyes. With the vision of the eyes. This is a matter that is agreed upon. 
Then we have the statement of Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Taymiyyah he says uh, he's speaking here about the statement of Ibn Abbas Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma he said innahu ra'ahu Ibn Abbas we know that this is a statement narrated from Ibn Abbas innahu ra'ahu he says indeed he saw his lord Ibn Abbas says that indeed he saw his lord that the messenger saw his lord he says there is no uh, contradiction between this and between something else said by Ibn Abbas, which is innahu ra'ahu bifu'adihi. Innahu ra'ahu bifu'adihi. Because elsewhere, Ibn Abbas said, indeed he saw him with his heart, or with his, with his heart. So Ibn Taymiyyah says, Rahimahullah, that Ibn Abbas, the statement which is narrated from him, innahu ra'ahu, indeed he saw him. This doesn't clash with what he said elsewhere, innahu ra'ahu bifu'adihi. Indeed he saw him with the, essentially with, with the heart, with the heart. And he then says that it is authentically re, uh, related from him, the messenger of Allah He says, ra'aytu rabbi tabaraka wa ta'ala. I saw my Lord, the Blessed and Exalted. He says, however, this was not on the occasion of Al-Isra, on the, uh, the ascent. He says, وَلَكِنْ كَانَ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ This was in Medina, when he was withheld from the morning prayer. He was withheld from the, he was delayed from the morning prayer. Then when he came, he informed them, ثُمَّ أَخْبَرَهُمْ أَنَّهُ رَأَى رَبَّهُ he says, then he informed them that he saw his Lord, the Blessed and Exalted, that night in his dream. And then he says, it is upon this that Imam Ahmed, he made his statement, Naam ra'ahu haqqan. Imam Ahmed, on the basis of this, he said, yes, the messenger, he saw his Lord in truth. 
because and then Ibn Taymiyyah says for indeed the vision of the prophets is true and real he says however now pay attention here this is Ibn Taymiyyah saying this however ولكن لم يقل أحمد رحمه الله تعالى إنه رآه بأيني رأسه يقذة Imam Ahmad never said that he saw him with the two eyes of his head whilst in a state of wakefulness. That's not what Imam Ahmad said. Rather, what Imam Ahmad said is he simply, yes, he saw him in truth. And he says, whoever narrated that Imam Ahmad said that Allah, that Allah was seen by the Messenger of Allah with the vision of his eyes, he says, this is an incorrect, this is incorrect. And it is an error. Uh, rather, Imam Ahmad, what is authentically narrated from him, is that on one occasion he said, Ra'ahu, he saw him. On another occasion he said, Ra'ahu bifu'adihi. He saw him with his, with his heart. However, he says that a third narration was also brought and ascribed to Imam Ahmad. And they made an interpretation of that. And then they conveyed their interpretation of what Imam Ahmad actually said. And from that it was wrongly presumed that Imam Ahmad had said that, Imam, that, that, that the Messenger of Allah saw Allah with the vision of the, of the eyes and this is actually a mistake. There is no such uh, narration from, from Imam Ahmad. And then he says, as for the statement of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma that he saw him ra'ahu bifu'adihi marrataini he says that this is narrated from Ibn Abbas that he saw him twice. Then Ibn Taymiyyah says that Ibn Abbas based this upon an understanding of the verses in Suratul Najm, Suratul Najm, Surah 53, at the beginning, beginning of which Allah says, "Ma kadab al-fu'adu ma ra'a," that the faculties or the heart did not belie what was what what, what it saw. And then he says, وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ نَزْلَةً أُخْرَى And then he saw him for a second time. So Ibn Taymiyyah is saying that it is apparent that Ibn Abbas is using these verses for his position that the Prophet ﷺ saw his Lord with the heart. This is what is apparent. However, we see that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, he narrates, and it's authentic from him, that this is in relation to Jibreel alayhi salam. That what is being mentioned in Surah Al-Najm is in fact Jibreel alayhi salam and that the Messenger of Allah saw him twice in his original form. And he says that perhaps Imam Ahmad, he said what he said on the basis of the understanding of Ibn Abbas of these verses. Right. So what Ibn Taymiyyah is saying, he's trying to explain the reasons why these particular views uh, were held. However, what is correct is that the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he did see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the, the vision of the heart, not the vision uh, of the eyes. And this is, as we said in the, the, the dream, as we heard from the Messenger of Allah earlier on, that he said, Inni na'astu fara'aytu rabbi. So this brings us to the final issue which is what is being referred to in Surah Al-Najm then in, in those verses in which we read uh, that the one with power he taught him 
This is a passage in Surah An-Najm. And this passage is in fact referring all of it to this teacher, this teacher who has power. Who is this? Jibreel alayhi And uh, he is the one who uh, came on the horizon and then he came near to the Prophet Muhammad and then he conveyed the revelation. So all of this at the beginning of Surah An-Najm is not talking about Al-Isra, it's not talking about the night ascent, it's talking about a different incident altogether. It's talking about Jibreel uh, on the horizon and the messenger seeing, seeing him on his original farm, then he becoming closer and then conveying the revelation, whatever he conveyed to the messenger of Allah So those verses are speaking about the Ru'ya of Jibreel and not the Ru'ya that is otherwise referred to in other texts of the messenger seeing his Lord meaning in the vision or in the dream. So this leads us now to finish off and going back to the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah being seen, we see that this is narrated by uh, many of the sahaba, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu, Anas bin Malik, Jabir bin Abdullah, Jarir, we have Hudayfa bin al-Yaman, Zayd bin Thabit, Suhaib, Ubadah bin al-Samit, Ibn Abbas, Ibn Umar, Ibn Mas'ud. And there are so many other Sahaba, Ali bin Abi Talib, uh, Adi bin Hatim, Amar bin Yasir, uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, Abu Huraira. There are many, many, many of the Sahaba that have narrated the issue of uh, the Ru'ya. And... We have some narrations, Nu'aym bin Hamad, rahimahullah ta'ala, Nu'aym bin, Nu'aym bin Hamad, he said, Nu'aym bin Hamad, by the way, is one of the imams of the Salaf, he used to be in Egypt, and he used to be a Jahmi, he used to be a Jahmi first, and he made Tawbah, and when he made Tawbah, he wrote 13 refutations of the Jahmiyyah, he wrote 13 books refuting the Jahmiyyah, and this, is, this also teaches us that one of the aspects of making tawbah, of repenting, is that you refute the falsehood that you were, that you were previously upon. So this is Nu'aym bin Hamad, he said that I asked Abdullah bin al-Mubarak. Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak is another imam from the, from the Salaf, from the late 2nd century. I asked him about the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about seeing Allah. So he said, Never did Allah veil himself from anyone except that that person will be punished. If Allah veils himself from anyone, then he will be punished. And then he re- recited the verse, Kalla innahum Speaking about the, the disbelievers on the Day of Judgment, that on, the, on, 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 on that day they will be veiled from their Lord. ثُمَّ إِنَّهُمْ لَصَالُ الْجَحِيمِ Then they will be punished, in the, burned in, in the fire. And then we also have a narration from, from Abbad bin al-Awwam. He said, Sharik bin Abdullah, he came to us 50 years ago. 50 years ago he came to us. And I said to him, O Abu Abdullah, indeed we have with us a people of the Mu'tazila. And they deny these ahadith. They deny these ahadith. Which ahadith? That Allah descends to the lowest heaven 
and that the people of paradise will see their Lord. So then he said, he narrated to me, Ibn al-Mubarak, he narrated to me about 10 ahadith. So he brought all of the ahadith from the Messenger of Allah, so narrated by all those companions. And then he said, as for us, then we have taken our deen from the tabi'een. And the tabi'een took their deen from the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So from whom have they taken their deen? Now we have a narration from Al-Aziz bin Abi Salama al-Majishun. He said, he said, the shayateen, the shaitan, does not cease to narrate or dictate to them. The shaitan dictates to the jahmiyyah and their likes. He continues, up until they denied the statement of Allah, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ So shaitan continued dictating to these people up until they denied what Allah said, that some faces on that day will be illuminated and bright and happy, looking towards their Lord, looking towards their Lord. So they said, no one will see him on the day of judgment. This is what the Jahmiyyah said. No one will see Allah on the day of judgment. So they denied, they denied. And Allah, he bestowed his, uh, you know, his honor upon his awliya on the day of judgment. He gives honor to his awliya on the day of judgment by way of letting them look at his noble face. And he says, by the Lord of the heaven and the earth, Allah will only make his vision, meaning seeing him on the day of judgment, to those who are sincere towards him. Those who have ikhlas, those who are, who are sincere. As a reward that they may look. And this is not for those criminals. The criminals meaning those who deny. And he says, as for those people, they are those about whom Allah said, Arrabbihim Yawmaidin Lamahjubun. They are those whom will be veiled from their Lord. They will not see him. Because just like in the life of this world they claimed that Allah will not be seen, then Allah will not look towards them, nor will he speak to them, and they will have a a punishment. They will have a punishment. Meaning they believe that Allah will not be seen. So as a recompense, they will not see their Lord. This is a punishment from their Lord. Upon them, and then we uh, finish by a number of statements from Imam Ahmed, Taala. He says, "Man lam yaqul jahmi." Whoever does not speak with the ru'ya, then he is a jahmi. And he also said uh, that a man came to him and said, "Indeed, Allah will not be seen in the hereafter." So Imam Ahmad became severely angry. And he said, who said Allah will not be seen in the hereafter? Whoever says so is a kafir, is a disbeliever. Or he has disbelieved. Upon him is the curse of Allah. And then he became angry. And upon him is the, the, the anger of Allah, whoever he might be from the people. Then he quoted the verses as a proof. Then he also said, whoever denies the ru'ya of Allah, he is a zindiq, he's a heretic. And he also said, he also said, uh, we believe that Allah will be seen 
We will see our Lord on the Day of Judgment. We don't doubt in that, and nor do we have any shak, any doubt. And then he said, whoever claims that Allah will not be seen in the hereafter, then he has disbelieved in Allah, he has disbelieved in the Qur'an, and he has rejected this affair from Allah, his repentance is to be sought, then either he repents, otherwise he is killed. And uh, he finishes by saying also that uh, if we do not affirm that which the Prophet ﷺ has came to us with, and we reject it from Allah, then this is, this is what Allah says, وَمَا أَتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ Right? Whatever, whatever the messenger gives to you, then take from him. Then we have rejected this statement essentially from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we don't take that which has come from the messenger of Allah So these are six or seven texts from Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal that make the issue clear. And this concludes our discussion of the issue of the ru'ya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We finish just by summarizing that seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is from the greatest and the loftiest of the beliefs of the people of the Sunnah, along with believing that Allah is above the heavens, above His throne, alongside believing that Allah has attributes He is described with, alongside believing that Allah speaks and the Qur'an is His speech, then seeing Allah in the hereafter is from the greatest of the beliefs of a Muslim. When a Muslim and a believer is convinced that he will see his Lord, then that gives him what does that give him? That gives him in his iman, he strives to achieve this ultimate reward of being able to see his Lord. However, if a person believes that he will not see his Lord and it's impossible for his Lord to be seen because he's in a direction, and a direction means a space and a space means a body, and all of this philosophical Greek nonsense that the Muslims are affected by, and he believes Allah is not above his throne, and believes Allah does not speak and the Qur'an is created, then what worth and what value is there in his heart for this law that he, that he, that he believes in? And that's why the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila and those who followed in their way, they erode the iman in the hearts of the believers. And that's why the Salaf, they spoke so severely against Ilmul Kalam. Ilmul Kalam, this Ilmul Kalam, which if you start delving into it, it will force you to start denying these beliefs which are established in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and by consensus of the Salaf. And this erodes a person's Iman. And that's why the Salaf said that whoever enters into Kalam, his final affair will be Zandaqa, will be heresy. And this Kalam of the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazila is the Kalam that we find today amongst the Maturidis and the Ash'aris. And they are the ones who bring all of the Shubuhat with respect to these topics about seeing Allah in the hereafter, about Allah's kalam and the Qur'an, and about Allah being above His throne, and about Allah's attributes besides the seven that they, that they affirm. So we need to be aware of these issues and uh, understand the various proofs that we've discussed in the previous lessons and the various shubuhat which are brought. And with that we conclude today's lesson. In the next lesson, inshallah, we'll begin the second half of the verse of poetry, which deals with the descent, the nuzul, which is also one of the great beliefs of Ahl Sunnah. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.